Maybe back door, maybe fall off. Sipping codeine, cause I gotta kill a cow. Let me sit sideways in the big bins. Oh, you boys, they my brothers, they my friends. The game may be over, but they are just getting started. Raw and unfiltered, this is the OU Insider staff, and this is the Under the Visor postgame podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another OU Insider Under the Visor Sooners postgame podcast. My name is Brandon Drum. I'm here with Parker Thune. And the Oklahoma Sooners won 76 to 0 over Western Carolina. Um, I think it goes without saying, though, whoever Oklahoma played this week was going to get it and they were going to get it pretty bad. Um, they were, they were pissed off to say the least after a week of everybody talking nonsense about how they aren't this and aren't that after week, uh, one and come to find out Tulane is actually a pretty good football team. If you saw what happened today, I don't remember, (laughs) excuse me. I don't remember who they played, but they won what 52 to six or something like that. Something crazy. Do you remember the score, Parker? Of which game Tulane. are we talking about here? Tulane. Oh, Tulane. Yeah, they beat Morgan State. I want to say Morgan the final State. was 72 to 14. Oh. So they wow. scored almost as many points as Oklahoma. Oh, did. wow. Okay. I saw it was like 52 to 6 or something like that or when I when I saw it. And I thought that was a final. So wow. Um that's crazy. Uh yeah. Hey, Michael Pratt's a pretty good quarterback. Um, and Tulane's a pretty good football team. They did win seven games back to back seasons. So people sitting there acting like it is doomsday and granted, granted it was bad last week as far as Oklahoma's performance energy wise. Um, but they made up for it regardless of who they played. They had to put a performance like this today to get everybody's attention again. And, I think they did that. It, I don't know. Um, I guess I, I, I would turn to you, Parker. Uh, 76-0, Oklahoma. Uh, pretty much was dominant in every facet of the game. They had, Like I said, they had to do that, right? But do you think this kind of turns the tide back over to people saying, wow, this team's actually pretty decent? Because... I don't, I don't care who it is. You throw 76 points up and you even had your second and third string in for half of the game. You showed your depth and your talent overall. I don't know. What, what's your overall take on that? Well, the Sooners did what they had to do, and you can't help but feel bad for Western Carolina because you're <laughs> right, Brandon. Whoever walked oh, yeah. into Owen Field this week was going to get a beating. And Western Carolina was not even close physically to the level that Oklahoma was on. And I think it was refreshing to see the Sooners, even though it was an FCS opponent, keep the pedal to the metal for all 60 minutes. And you saw that they don't put up 76 points if they're not putting the pedal to the metal for all. Well, I should say 57 minutes because they shortened the fourth quarter to 12 minutes. That's how that lopsided did. things that got. They that they did. They they did. They they short. They shortened the fourth quarter to 12 minutes. When they put that over the press box, everybody kind of looked around to each other like, what the hell is going on? But it had to be mutual agreement. I'm actually shocked they didn't go down to 10 minutes. But uh, I think the wildest thing for me throughout this whole deal was regardless of how much Oklahoma was up, they were throwing the ball, like throwing bombs. 
Like they were going to show everybody that they were to be reckoned with no matter what it was. And Riley was kind of pissed off because, you know, they went into last week trying not to blow Tulane out. And I think that backfired, you know, when you go in at halftime, you're up 23 and your head coach comes in there and he says, look, we're up 23 guys. We don't want to get up by too much more. We don't want to blow this team out. They've been through a lot over the past couple of weeks with hurricane Ida and your team reads that. And obviously this, Oh, you did. They read it in, read it as the game was over. You had players taking their, their, their tape, their spat off, um, basically checking out, if you will, uh, for the rest of the game until they were called upon to make a stop at the end of the game. Um, Riley didn't go about that this time. They basically said, we're going to throttle this team because we could have throttled Tulane. We backed off and it backfired on us this time around. No holds bar. And they went pedal them out. Caleb Williams. I, I'm trying to look and see what his final stats were. Um, five of 10, 84 yards, five and 10, 60 yards on the ground. Not bad for a half, especially when, he only threw the ball, I mean, 10 times. I mean, hey, hey, look, three of those were drop passes, by the way. Yeah, I was about to um, say, he got victimized by a few drops. Yeah, he threw a couple of dimes in there. One was to uh, West, and I think the other one was to Knowles, I believe, where he dropped the the over-the-shoulder throw. That was He threw just, a nice one to Farouk that was just two, barely yeah. out of bounds. Yeah, so there's three of them that – if he would have completed on those, he probably would have ended up with close to 200 yards uh, and a half, which, you know, I kind of joked uh, with a couple of people up there. I was like, you know, Oklahoma could put 700 yards up if they really wanted to right now. And they oh, honestly, absolutely. they honestly probably could have went for a hundred. Uh, and I, I think Riley, and he talked about this during the game. I think it was more, he wanted to see four quarters of focus. It didn't matter who was in the game. He wanted to see four quarters of focus through it. And they got that today. Now, granted competition, all that stuff could have been better, but leading up to this Nebraska game, and we'll talk about that at the end of the podcast, we've already got that stapled out where we're going to be talking about OE Nebraska, the rivalry, all that good stuff kind of leading up into the next week. Uh, so we'll get, excuse me, we'll, we'll get into all that, but, um, I mean, I don't know, man, is there any negatives to this game? I mean, do you see any negatives to this game at all? Like something that maybe stood out that eh, they might want to work on that. Well, I think the only negative with a game like this is, Obviously, you run the risk of coming out flat the next week because you're still sailing on the emotional high of a 76-point win. And look, obviously, it's Western Carolina, okay? We're taking this win with a grain of salt, as we should. But you got Nebraska coming into town next week. Nebraska has been less than impressive thus far this season. And the last thing you want to do is come out lackadaisical and expect that you're going to get the same fight from the Cornhuskers as he got from the Catamounts today and give Nebraska a chance to hang with you. Now, do I think that happens? No, but at the same time, you know, we talk, we talk repeatedly throughout the week, Brandon, about the Sooners keeping the foot on the gas for the entire game. And that starts with the opening kickoff and it ends with the final snap, hopefully from the victory formation for the Sooners, but that's what they got to bring next week against Nebraska. And that's maybe the one negative I can see coming out of a result like this is just when there's so much good, so much very conspicuous good that you're going to have thrown your way from the media and that you're going to see in the film room this week, you just run the risk of coming out a little flat the next week because that sense of complacency can tend to set in. So that's the only thing as of right now that you'd take away is maybe you could possibly construe as a negative from a performance like this. So speaking of performances, uh, I think to lead it off, we have to talk about Danny Stutzman. 
period. That dude, I tweeted it, Brandon. I said, there's like, am I crazy to think that Danny Stutzman might right now be the best inside linebacker on Oklahoma's roster? You're not because crazy. you look at the stat sheet, dude filled it up, led the team with eight tackles, and he didn't even play the fourth quarter because he left with what looked like, I, I don't, I hate to speculate, but it looked like it was maybe a pinched nerve in his shoulder, the way he was lying there on the ground. And he was in some pretty visible pain coming off the sideline, but you can just tell that's a guy as well. That's going to be a fan favorite. Oh yeah. He will absolutely be a fan favorite. He will be a guy that sooner nation embraces with open arms because even as he was walking off the field, with that shoulder injury, he was waving to the crowd, making faces, trying to get them pumped up, jamming to the music coming in over the PA system. And then you see him reemerge in that sling and still just carrying a bright smile on his face and having a good time. So it was fun to watch Danny Stutzman fly all over the field tonight. And you'd hope that the injury doesn't cost him any significant playing time, because I think what we have seen from him through two weeks is that that's a guy that could potentially be the most impactful member of this true freshman class for the Sooners here in 2021. No, no doubt. Um, the other guy I think might be two more guys actually that are going to be super impactful. I believe, well, three, three guys. I mean, cause I don't want to forget this guy, three guys that could be super impactful on this 2021 class. And uh, maybe you could go up four, and we're talking on the defense people because offense, you can go Mario Williams. Mario Williams. All day, all day every day. Uh, but defensively, you have Danny Stutzman. You have and, – and I'm going to name the guy I was talking about last, but you have Latrell McCutcheon. Trell, Billy, come on. You have Billy Bowman, and then you have this guy by the name of Ethan Downs from Weatherford, Oklahoma, that just – plays balls to the wall when he's in there. Like he is fun to watch. Even when he doesn't make a tackle, he is causing a problem in the backfield because he doesn't know any other way to play other than pin his ears back and just go. Like he's I don't gonna know. be a problem, Brandon. Yeah. You give really that guy is. a year in Alex Grinch's system, one year, he's going to be one of the most fearsome defensive players in the big 12. Or it's SEC. Fun. It's funny. There's a uh, company that didn't think that he was worth very much. Uh, oh, but Brandon, Brandon, Brandon. Well, Tread lightly. I'm just, saying, I'm just saying because, you know, we got accused of ranking him too high, and then he's out here balling out game one and game two. Um, he, was a, he was a shining moment in game one. He's even more shining moment in game two. I mean, he came up with a fourth down stop and then he chases the dude down from the other side of the field and creates the fumble. That he was is very, energy. and he was very, very close to having his first career sack too. He was, that was very, that's very true. A couple of plays before that. That's right. I mean, the guy is, he's, you can, you see it like it's the game is slowing down for him each and every week. It's getting a little better and a little better. And eventually, and we talked about it for like, two months on OU Insider. All anybody wanted to talk about was Billy Bowman, Latrell McCutcheon, Mario Williams, Ethan Downs, and Danny Stutzman. Ironically, who are the five guys that are playing the whole time? There Danny Stutzman, Ethan Downs, Latrell McCutcheon, Billy Bowman, and Mario Williams. Hmm. Weird how Latrell that McCutcheon, worked out, right? Latrell McCutcheon started tonight. He did. That man yeah. drew the start. It was not DJ Graham. It was not Jaden Davis. It was Latrell McCutcheon. And he took Woody Washington's spot. That's the weird did he, part. Oh, did he really? I, yeah, look, I did Woody. I didn't think Woody played to start, did he? I, I could have been wrong. I just, I, I know thought it was, was Jaden. I thought it was Jaden Davis and Latrell out there to start. That, that, that right? might've been what it was. I, I could be totally wrong. I could be totally wrong on that. And I'd have to go back and rewatch the game to really tell. I know. You know what? I you're right. You're right. This is coming back to me. It was him and Jaden Davis. It was, I was singularly focused on Latrell McCutcheon because I talked about earlier this week about on OU insider. I said, look, I think he's going to get a lot more playing time. 
people were talking about it and I didn't know, I, I, I kind of knew it was a starter, but I didn't want to go that far, but because you never know if they're going to change your mind. Then you look with your pants down, you know, Oh, he said he was going to start and he's not going to start. So, you know, I said, look, I think he's going to play a lot. I think he's going to get more playing time. I think he's going to get after Woody Washington. And I said last week, Woody Washington had a bad game. People argued with me. He barely played tonight. He was the one guy that barely played. Everybody else rotated as normal. You saw DJ Graham. You saw Jaden Davis, Latrell McCutcheon. You saw Justin Harrington. You saw Josh Eaton. Yeah, you know who? You know who else? Very curiously, does not show up on the stat sheet in any capacity tonight is Nick Benito. I was going to talk about that earlier in the podcast, but I wanted to to kind of get through the positive part. I I don't know because Benito almost had a couple of sacks. He like did. He got back. He got back there. It people. And Isaiah Thomas is totally benefiting from this, by the way. They're going away from Nick Benito and just basically Isaiah Thomas is waiting there right there with open arms. Come come on, come to daddy. <laughs> I got you. Yep. I'll go yep. ahead. Two and sacks gonna, and yep. two forced fumbles <laughs> thus far on the season. Yeah, I mean, he's he's there. And the other guy that I, I, I think people should talk about is Perry and Winfrey's had, he has two and a half sacks this year already, by the way. He had all of half a sack last season. Yeah. Two and a half already guys. Um, he is playing. And I asked Lincoln Riley and Alex Grinch about him specifically. Um, and they said one of the main focuses for him this off season was, being in control whenever he rushes the passer because last year he would come in out of control and whiff on the quarterback. And it wasn't like he wasn't in position because he was in position. He, he got, he got right through his gap was right there. And instead of, you know, breaking down and making the quarterback make the move and then adjusting to what the quarterback does, it goes right by him and the quarterback slides up in the pocket something happens, maybe somebody else got a junk junk sack or not. And I thought something <laughs> was super interesting that Lincoln Riley said, he goes, Perian Winfrey has made it easier on guys like Isaiah Thomas and Nick Benito, Ethan Downs, although he didn't name them specifically, but he was talking about the outside guys being able to make plays because you can't, just go away from an inside guy. Like you can an outside guy, like you can, like people are going away from Nick Benito because they know they have to roll away from him. Because if you roll into Nick Benito, you're screwed. He gets in the backfield so fast Mm -hmm. you're done. But with Perian Winfrey now, he's, he's collapsing the pocket and making it easier on these outside guys like a, you know, a, even uh, Clayton Smith almost had a sack, I think, today, or he may have actually. I don't remember. Um, I'm trying to look at the sacks or Isaiah. Coe he did had not. One. Yeah, Isaiah Coe had one. Thomas Perry had Winfrey one. had two. Winfrey had one, and then he split one with Reggie. Yeah, he Grimes. split one, which which I think I would have probably given Winfrey that one that he split because he was there before Crimes. But you know, it's neither here nor there. Um, but yeah, so. Uh, look, Clayton Smith, he only shows up one tackle, but he actually had a pretty good game. Uh, he was in the backfield quite a bit. Um, I thought the deep, I thought, you know, I don't know what I thought the offensive line actually, they started out a little rough. I would say just uh, from what I can tell, like, <laughs> yes, they were getting yardage and stuff like that, but it wasn't like there was holes like massive holes Mm -hmm. as the game wore on, you saw them. And I think this is, you're going to see this throughout the season, each and every game, they're going to solidify themselves in a dominant as a dominant presence. And I think that's something Riley has to do. He got away from that last week. I think you're going to see that now throughout the rest because you've used Jeremiah Hall at running back. You see Jaden Knowles and you see, 
Hudson, they can do it. You, you, you see they can do it. They're, they're capable backs. So now just play. Now just play. You're five deep, basically, with, with Hall, Knowles, Hudson, Gray, and Brooks. You're five deep. Granted, two of them are walk-ons. One of them's a fullback. But you know Jeremiah Hall can carry a bat. He can carry the ball 10, 15 times if he has to. He's capable. Now just do it. Lean on that line. If I'm Riley, that's what I do. <laughs> Moving forward to Nebraska, how do you think Oklahoma attacks them? Oh, man. Here's the thing. The way that Nebraska's offense is scuffling, I would not be shocked if they tried to deploy Adrian Martinez in a very run-heavy scheme, at least in the first half, and see what kind of progress they can make. Because Adrian Martinez is a carbon copy, copy and paste of Taylor Martinez. He's a guy that has really no capacity to play the quarterback position in a traditional sense, but he's pretty dang mobile. And so I think what OU's prerogative is going to have to be next Saturday is just making sure they contain Adrian Martinez in the run game, uh, try to funnel the run inside because obviously no running back is going to make much headway against this Oklahoma front seven and make Martinez throw the ball because that's not something he's very good at. And when you have a quarterback who is not adept at throwing, all you got to do is put him in a position. You know, it helps, obviously, if you get out to an early lead. If you get them playing from behind, it's going to be a struggle for Adrian Martinez in Nebraska if they get down early because that is not a team and that is not an offense that is engineered to play from behind. So I I agree with you. Um, If I'm Lincoln, I may come out a little bit pass heavy just to start to kind of See if you can't step on the throat pretty early. Because uh, you know the atmosphere. 11 o'clock or not, man, it's OU Nebraska. It's going to be lit. It's going to be wild. You're going to have a lot of Nebraska fans down. They travel so well. And they're going to want to travel because it's OU. And they haven't been to Norman in 12 years. 12 years. How weird is that to say? An OU Nebraska game in Norman hasn't taken place and over a decade. That Dang, that's odd. crazy. It is crazy. I was 10 years old. Thanks for making me feel old. <laughs> hey, you know what else? I'm looking, I, I'm looking was, over this box 26, score. 26. 26 years old. I'm looking over this box 25, score tonight, 25, Brandon. 25. And a couple things stand out here. First, uh, the Sooners, you know, Alex Grinch and Lincoln Riley said, you're never going to see us play 31 guys again. By my count, they played 32 tonight. And 30 of those guys, 30 of those guys recorded at least one tackle. How remarkable is that? The funny thing is, nobody recorded more than three tackles except for Danny Stutzman, who had eight. Man, Danny, I'm telling you what, man. We keep going back to him. But, you know, it, it was funny because you were talking about maybe getting a stinger or something like that. Then he comes out on Twitter and he's like, Hey, for y'all wondering about my arm, I'm getting a CT scan tomorrow. Yeah. Like, yeah. How do you not love that? Like the guy goes, yeah. And he has like a laughing thing, like almost he's joking, like everything, everything's, everything's good, you know? And Riley came out and said, now granted when Riley says this, you kind of got to take it with a grain of salt because if Riley says that somebody's going to be okay, that probably means they're getting amputated. <laughs> so, um, but he came and said, yeah, just some, you know, a couple of banged up guys. We pulled them out because we were up by so much, nothing real major. Probably all going to, we're going to be probably fully healthy next week. Well, if Stutzman not, isn't fully healthy because I think he could be potential. I think your starting middle linebackers at some point in time this year is going to be Danny Stutzman and David Uwegbu. And I, I agree really with you. That. I really believe that. And that's not a knock on Brian Osamoa. It's not a knock on Shane Witter. It's not a knock on Brian Mead. It's not a knock on, I'm probably thinking about Deshaun White. Deshaun White, you know, 
Stutzman is just another level. The guys that they're recruiting out are just freak athletes outside. I mean, Shane Witter is a freak athlete, but he's just young. I think the fact that you could have Shane Witter and Danny Stutzman, your starting middle linebackers in 2022, it, barring it, you know, if you wake boo goes to the NFL, that's which insane. is entirely possible. It's entirely possible. That's why I said, yeah. you know, that but, could be your starting. But, I just, it's so much fun to watch Danny Stutzman play football. Is. Like is. dude is just kamikaze every single snap throwing himself at somebody. He's different. like, that's he, the kind of, that's the kind of linebacker you want leading your defense. Mm-hmm. Like Danny Stutz, that's, that's a, that's a dude that'll be a team captain one day. Yeah. He's one of those guys that could be a team captain as early as next year. If things work out right. Like he's that type of guy that the, the players are all going to love him because they know he's going to be there giving it his all throwing his body around, like you said, and just being an enforcer. And he brings that energy. And I think I even Downs, to, does Downs not look like that create a player on NCAA football? You know, I was going to, I was going to bring that up, Brandon, because I got a picture tonight nothing. of both Danny Stutzman and Ethan Downs standing next to each other on the field. And it's like, Hey, these, these might be the two most dominant defenders on Oklahoma's defense come 2023. And they both look like your default create a player in <laughs> NCAA football. Like with no, uh, like downs has zero, like no, no wristbands, tape, nothing. No tattoos, no wristbands, nothing. Just two guys just with their shoulder pads <laughs> on out there playing football it's, I mean, that's just, that's great stuff, man. I, and it's, and they play the way they look just total, just old school. And I love it. It's fun to watch. Um, I thought Kelvin Gilliam played pretty good when he got in there as well today. Um, and, and you want to know another freshman on the opposite side of the ball that I thought played well, that doesn't get a lot of airtime by anybody. Cody Jackson. I That's thought he right. looked pretty good. He looked first couple good. catches for Cody Jackson tonight. Yeah, and, of course. And yeah, he, Oklahoma. Oklahoma distributed the ball. I mean, obviously, you had three quarterbacks see action, and Spencer Rattler, Caleb Williams, and Ralph Rucker. You also saw fourteen guys catch a pass for the Sooners, including, by the way, Oklahoma's sixth string quarterback Karsten Gross, who was out there playing H back just for the heck of it. That's hilarious. Um, no, I was going to tell you, you know, the funny thing is Dennis Simmons, whenever we got to interview him, uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago, I asked about the freshmen. Why do you see just the young guys, Jalil Farouk, Mario Williams, Cody. I said, who do you think is going to stand out? And he talked about obviously Mario Williams, but you remember he had like this long diatribe about, Cody Jackson and that he was going to be a guy that plays quite a bit before it's all said and done this year. He looks the part. He does. He does. It looks like, and, but I think he looks the part, but I think the game's still moving kind of fast for him right now. So you can kind of see, he gets a little lost on like his cuts. And I saw coach Simmons kind of getting on him a little bit. Uh, He would have scored a touchdown on one of the plays that maybe in the second or third quarter, he got like a little pop screen. And instead of going inside where the lane was, he popped it outside and was tackled after 10 yards instead of walking through the lane or running through the lane that they had blocked for him. And he would have scored. So Mm -hmm. it, 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 it's a learning process for him. It's a learning process for all these guys, but it looks like Cody Jackson was targeted six times, caught three had 31. Uh, and he should have had a touchdown, but he, he went outside instead of inside. Um, the other, the other thing is welcome Jaden Hazelwood. Uh, nine, <laughs> he only had 19 yards. We had two touchdowns. Uh, so he was scoring. Uh, Mario Williams was your leading 
leading guy as far as a uh, number of catches. He was four for four on the targets. Oh, no, actually he's not because Cody Jackson has more targets. But he had four catches. He tied Jaden Jaden Hazelwood with four catches. Um, we didn't get to see a lot of Marvin Mims tonight. No, we really all. didn't. He had what one catch? He had one catch and one target. Yeah, that's to be expected. Nineteen yards. They they literally just didn't play him. I had people texting me asking me if he was hurt because he wasn't out there. No, they. But just when you have a guy get, like that, they don't want to get him. Not going to play him any more than necessary against Western yeah. Carolina. <laughs> no. And then we got to see Michael Turk today. Finally, Mr. All-American punter. I know. Gosh, I worried for a second. I worried for a second he might not get in the game. But I'm saying thankfully Oklahoma ended up with a fourth down. And he lived up to the hype. Yeah, 57 yards. Goodness gracious, man. Freaking boot. Um, Speaking of boot, Gabe Burkich. Hello. Yeah, that's where I was going. From 56 yeah. again. He's a beast, man. He's the best kicker Ugh. in college football. I don't think it's even, is it even a question I, at this point? Is No, I don't think it's a question. And I also think, I know we're only two weeks into the season, but the Give league him the that award. already established for the Groza award is massive. Give him the award. Yep. Yep. I totally agree. Um, look, we can talk about this 76 to nothing ass kicking all day. Actually, we can't. That's why I want to switch topics because yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's nothing to, Hey, guess it's what, also uh, almost 1am. So yeah, that's true. And OU was pretty good. The end. Um, let's talk about Arkansas, Texas. Hey, now <laughs> all breaks, no gas. Pig suey. <laughs> Look, I'm joking about that, obviously, but and that will be the only time you'll ever hear me say pig suey. My wife is from Arkansas, and I love Arkansas fans. I say that with sarcasm. Um, <laughs> they're rough, man. They're just they just they don't like OU people, Oklahoma people in general. Anything that has to do with the state of Oklahoma, Arkansans aren't big fans of. Um, same with Texas, obviously, but today I think OU fans and everybody across the nation was kind of cheering for Arkansas because Texas is just easy to dislike if you're – I'm not – I don't dislike Texas, don't get me wrong, but I think they're easy to dislike nationally because of their – what would be the word I'm looking for? Can you help me here, Parker? What would be the word I, I'm looking here? I really don't want to say something we're going to have to censor. <laughs> no, we don't, don't. We don't have to censor it. What was, was it say? Yeah, I guess that's maybe? true. Arrogance, arrogance, maybe. Is that a better yeah, way? Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll go with that. We'll say arrogance. Yeah, arrogance. I mean, so um, egotistical. How how do you not play? Casey Thompson, when you're down 60, nothing, you can't move the ball. I mean, you would think with as hyped as that battle was in preseason camp, like you go into halftime with a 16, nothing deficit against a team that struggled to put away rice last week. Yeah. Yeah. Just give the other guy a shot. Right. Right. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. Look, I watched Casey Thompson play against Colorado he was pretty damn good. I watched Casey Thompson play last week in the third quarter. Texas is struggling. He goes in the game and they score twice. At what point, if you're Sarkeesian, do you go, Hey, maybe this guy actually is a gamer. He may not be that great in practice, but when the game's on the line, because in practice, he can't, he's got the jersey on where he can't be touched and stuff like that. So you kind of take away that ability of his his legs. How do you not account for that? Like, honestly, how do you not account for that and go, he might be better just because our line isn't particularly great and he can run? He can run. And you saw that. He goes into the game. They're down six to, or sorry, excuse me, seven to 23. 
Boom. 14, 23. Of course, Texas defense folded like a lawn chair the rest of the game. And, but they scored, they got 20 points. They didn't score, but seven in almost three quarters with Hudson card. What is he doing? Like he already cost them a lot of the, cause we all know Texas kind of just when they do these type of games in the beginning of the season, it's a rough year for them. I don't know what it is, but it, it I have, it's a joke. So let me ask you this, Parker. Isn't it ironic that Sam Ellinger from Austin, Hudson Card from Austin, it's almost mm-hmm. like when things are going bad, they turn to the sideline and they go, hey, is there, I, we see you, Casey, but is there another quarterback over here on the sideline from Austin? Anybody, anybody that can throw from Austin over here? Politics. Politics at the University of Texas killed them every time. The boosters and politics. Got to play the kid from Austin. You have to play him. He's the guy that everybody wants because he's from Austin, Texas, and that's where we're located. Who cares? The kid from Oklahoma is a better quarterback. How, how? What world are we living in that you throw away things over politics other than the one that Texas lives in they've been doing it for over a decade seriously you play the wrong quarterback for over a decade well think about this think about this brandon the whole texas the the texas fan base their whole spiel is "Eh, oklahoma's only good because they recruit all of our players from down here in the lone star state at Oklahoma wouldn't be nothing without Texas football at the talent rich state of Texas. And now they're in a situation where the best quarterback on their roster, at least the naked eye is an Oklahoma boy. Mm-hmm. How's that for a little, uh, poetic justice as it were. So honestly, the leading tacklers for Oklahoma, just for these Texas fans that might be listening now, just so you all know, uh, Florida, up oh, Delarian Turner yells from Texas, Oklahoma, North Carolina, Texas, Ohio, Texas, Virginia, Oklahoma, Florida, Oklahoma, 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 Chicago, Texas. California, Chicago, Oklahoma, Virginia. Do you see a theme here? There wasn't very many Texas people there. Just throwing that out there. Uh, Oklahoma recruits nationally now. They really don't dive into Texas as much as people, as much as they used to. That 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 way of thinking is kind of out the window now, because it's such that their Oklahoma's reach is so far with California, uh, Florida. Illinois, Ohio, Virginia, the DMV area, Georgia. I mean, I'm looking through here, and there's not a whole lot of Texas to be had. Even your Nebraska, Kansas, Missouri, like it's a it's a, it's a different ball game for Oklahoma as far as recruiting than it used to be. They recruit a lot like Ohio State and Alabama do, where they just go get everybody from across the country because they and can. Because they can. That's exactly right. Um, yeah, I, I just I, I and then you got Iowa State losing today uh to Iowa. Did K State end up beating Southern Illinois, by the way? I didn't see the final. Uh, I, d- I never checked in on that game after I left the stadium. Let me uh they were down 21. What was it? 21 16. No, no, wait, wait, wait. They were down 23 21 at one point. 23, they ended up winning 31 23. Wow. But wow, Skylar wow, Thompson, wow. Skylar Thompson is uh, out hurt? indefinitely, it would appear. Whoa, what happened? Yeah, so I don't, I, this was all coming through on my Twitter feed during the game. But uh, from everything that I was seeing on social media, it did not look, it did not look good. I'm not sure what it was. I'm going to need to, uh, he's fun yeah. to watch. Yeah, well, absolutely. Player. And you see, 
Cause it was, it was after he left that Southern Illinois made the big rally. Cause Kansas state was up 21 to zero. Yeah. And Southern Illinois scored all 23 of their points in the second quarter, right after Skylar Thompson left the game. That's a shame, man. That gum. But so speaking of who is OU going to play in the big 12 title game this year? I'm like, so confused. I don't know if I can just trust Iowa state now after the first two weeks, I know they do this every year where they uh-huh. struggle to start. But did we massively overrate uh, Iowa State? Like massively overrate them? Or do you can you see them rebounding and doing the typical Matt Campbell, raw, raw, here they come as the season goes on type stuff? Or... Or is Oklahoma – I mean, I don't even know that I can trust Oklahoma State. I mean, what is this going to be like a uh, – who honestly, West Virginia maybe going to play in the Big 12 top? I okay. don't know. I, yeah, I, look, I don't know. look, Brandon, Oklahoma State is absolutely not going to be playing any relevant football come December or January. Like, I don't think that's a bull team. I don't. I never have. I vote – I'm pretty sure – yeah, I voted the Cowboys eighth in my preseason Big 12 poll. Oh, wow. Because – I think Spencer Sanders is atrocious and you saw it today. And with Chuba Hubbard out the door and Tylen Wallace out the door. Yeah. The defense has some players, but if you can't score points, you're not going to win football games. And they struggled to put points on the board today against Tulsa. So Oklahoma state, they're not even in that conversation for me. I I'm not writing off Iowa state, but I think I I'm, I'm a lot more concerned than I otherwise would be, mm-hmm. I think. Because if you told me that Iowa State was going to go one and one over the season's first two weeks, I'd say, okay, well, I mean, that's tough, but that's traditionally how a Matt Campbell team operates, right? But right. they've just looked so sluggish, so apathetic mm-hmm. in both of these first two games that, yeah, you have legitimate questions as to whether this team is nearly as good as we all hyped them up to be. And especially bringing back as much talent as they did. It it was never going to be an issue of chemistry. Right. And so you just kind of, you try to put your finger on what's gone wrong at Iowa state over the first couple of games of the season. And it doesn't really add up. So, you know, we'll have a better gauge on that team, a couple of games into big 12 play. And we'll kind of start to have an idea of whether we are overreacting by kicking them to the curb or whether this is actually just a middling football team that caught lightning in a bottle last year. Uh, I think it's pretty clear from Texas's performance against Arkansas that there is a lot of work to be done, but again, yeah, I will I say what I've, them yet. yeah, what I've been saying all off season, I'll say again, which is that because of how much turnover there has been and because of the nature of Steve Sarkeesian's coaching, this team's highs will be really high and their lows will be really low. They hit a really low, low tonight. It was bad, bad. bad. I got to watch it up in the press box. It was awful. I tell you what, I think Texas Tech, and I know this isn't the first time I've said it, I think that's a team that could surprise some people. And it's they're going to need Tyler Shuck to be all that and more at the helm Mm -hmm. of the offense. But that's a team that has some experience. They've got some talent. You're looking at Eric Ezdukama, a preseason first team, all Big 12 wide receiver. And Sir Roderick Thompson is a ridiculously underrated running back. They've got mm-hmm. some they've got some phenomenal depth and some phenomenal experience on the defensive side of the football. So if you're looking at a dark horse, I would I would throw Texas Tech out there. But if I'm putting money down right now, I think my money's still on on uh, Iowa State. Okay. I probably would agree. Um, I would say I I I actually, and I know this is going to sound weird after the Texas game today. I think with Casey Thompson at the helm, and this may be just a wild, bold statement at this point, that they can turn some things around because I think he gives them a different look at offense. I think he opens things up for the run game specifically because he can use his legs. You can't, 
<coughs> excuse me, you can't just focus on Bijan Robinson. You have to account for Casey Thompson's legs. It's kind of like if 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 Caleb Williams came in for Spencer Rattler, which we it's not happening. I'm just saying. Yeah. If that did happen, you would have to account, and it would help the running back. It may not help, obviously the the wide receivers because he may not be as ready or understanding the offense the way that Spencer does, but his legs will open things up for the run game. So I don't know. Hey, um, also, also of note tonight, Zach Evans had 22 carries for 190 yards and two touchdowns and TCU. They got a scare from Cal, but yep, they're two and oh. So that's another team that'll be in the mix. Zach Evans, man. Talk about that was one of the wilder recruitments ever. And speaking of recruiting, as we segue into that, good job. Um, Oklahoma had a big weekend. Obviously, uh, five-star Gabriel Brown Lodindy's in town. He's an OU legacy. Talked to his dad a little bit, exchanged some text messages tonight. Loving the visit. Loving the visit. He and I are set to talk tomorrow evening, Sunday evening. Um, and we'll have more on OU Insider about that. <coughs> man, man, dang, man, this cough, man, is killing me. Um, allergies, I hate them. Um, DJ Campbell, five-star offensive lineman from Arlington Bowie's in town. Uh, Colin's going to have more on that. Um, we'll have, you've got, uh, Caden Green, four-star, uh, offensive lineman from the Kansas City area. Um, I'll have one guy that's one guy that I saw down there that I don't know if we neglected to add to the list or no, we did have him on. We had Jason Llewellyn on the list, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Cause I saw him and I saw Luke has down there. So you got a mm-hmm. couple tight end commits there and then Caden Helms will be in town next week. So you got all three of your tight end commits as a matter of fact. And Anthony uh, Hill was in town. Yep. Uh, Malachi, Malachi Nelson was down there. Um, yes. He was out eating with, Caleb Williams and all them after the game, from what I was told. So, oh, okay, um, yeah, um, that's good news. Obviously, Makai Lemon was in town, five star, twenty twenty three, wide receiver commit. Um, trying to think, trying to think, trying to think. It was a big weekend, folks. Uh, I saw, a- uh, yeah, I saw another guy, a local guy, Duncan Parham out of Norman North. There you go. Uh, and by Joe, by Joe, Norman's. CCS community Christian defensive end. He's had a really big first three weeks of football. I think he has like four sacks already, four or five sacks already. He's, he's had a really good start to the season. Uh, starting to really come around. So um, we're going to have all that covered on OU Insider. Uh, and obviously we'll talk about it more on the other podcasts. Um, but before we end this podcast, touch on Nebraska a little bit. The rivalries renewed. They're coming to town. Tuesday, we get the opening statements from Lincoln Riley after he's watched film in Nebraska. Uh, we're going to get to talk. Yeah, obviously, here's some things with Scott Frost. We're going to do some crossover with the Nebraska 247 site. It's going to be a lot of fun. This week is going to be a lot of fun on OU Insider. So I hope if you're not a member, you at least take advantage of some of the free stuff. And if you're really interested in seeing where Oklahoma is at with all those five stars that were on campus this week, the five stars are going to be on campus next week, like Gentry Williams. Oh, by the way, another guy that was in town, Chris McClellan, four-star defensive lineman from Owasso was in town. Uh, We got some really good notes on that. I know you insider VIP don't want to spoil that at all. Let's just say Oklahoma's in a good spot for that kid right now. Uh, way better than what they've ever been, and they're making some moves. Um, but we've got a lot of notes on how that's going to go down the stretch. I know you inside of VIP. We're going to have Gabe, Gabriel Brownlow Dindy notes. He's going to have four-star offensive lineman Caleb Green. We're going to have five-star linebacker in the 2023 class, Anthony Hill notes. Colin's going to have some notes on DJ Campbell, the five-star offensive lineman from Arlington Bowie coming up this week. Uh, I'll have Gentry Williams notes, five-star defensive back from Booker T. Washington. He's also an OU legacy. Parents went to Oklahoma. Uh, another legacy. 
Micah Tease, 2023, four-star defensive back, athlete from Booker T. Washington. He's going to be in town as well for the Nebraska game. We have got a lot of stuff coming this week. It is going to be one of the bigger weeks on OU Insider. So we're going to give you all 50% off. As usual, we got a 50% off, I believe, still going on on OU Insider. Um, you can get that for $53.70. It's normally almost $108 to get uh, OU Insider uh, VIP access. So please, please, please take advantage of that if you can. Um, you're going to want to do that because I think after the Nebraska game, that is over with. We were trying to give everybody a chance to sign up, and we've had, I think, like 300 signups in the last 30 days. So I want to thank you, OU fans that are doing that. It's been pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, uh, Oklahoma won 76 to nothing. Um, Nebraska's coming in next week. It's a big recruiting weekend this weekend. We're going to have notes on that coming on OU Insider VIP. Big recruiting weekend next weekend for the Nebraska game. OU, we're going to have VIP notes on that. We're going to have all sorts of team notes coming this week uh, on the VIP board. We're going to have free stuff coming as well. We're going to have another podcast on Tuesday. And we're going to be covering everything head to toe. So 50% off OUinsider.com. Check it out right now or do $1 for the first month and $9.95 afterwards if you want to give us a little trial run. That's going to do it for this OU postgame podcast. I know, look, we tried to make it what it was. It just, look, folks, there's not a lot to talk about. Spencer did great. The team did great. They ran the ball good. They tackled good. They won 76 to nothing. <laughs> there's nothing you can really say about that. Parker, you got anything else? I got nothing, Brandon. Let's go to sleep. Sounds great to me. All right, guys, that's going to do it for me. My name is Brandon Drum here for Parker Thune. Thank you all for listening to the OU Insider Under the Visor Sooners Postgame Podcast. You guys have a blessed day.